0: Welcome back. Um, We are going to go through the next leg of this great topic, and we've enjoyed presenting this to all of you. Um, Lots of emails, lots of feedback. I'm always fascinated by what resonates with you guys and what doesn't. This particular topic, I think, is resonating with you now for a variety of reasons, and I think the biggest reason, frankly, is because a lot of you are looking forward to um, what's next in your business, in your career, in your life and you're looking back on what you're now realizing was probably one of the greatest sellers market of your career. Now many of you have not been in the real estate business long enough to recognize that but in many parts of the country virtually every major market in the country there's actual property depreciation going on. I was just talking with one of my clients in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Yesterday I was on the phone with a, a new agent or rather an experienced agent that's joining our coaching program out in Bellevue, Washington um, and we have lots of clients in Miami, lots of clients in New York, lots of clients just all over the country in L.A. and Orange County. And um, what you're going to hear from us about what's going on in the markets is, like, is nothing like what you're hearing anywhere else what's going on in the markets. And I was just talking with um, my coaching client about this in North Carolina about, have you seen a single news report anywhere about price depreciation? And he hadn't, and neither have I. And it's shocking, because here it is, guys. In Miami, there's price depreciation, big time, double digits, 15 20 30%. New York, same thing. New York's been in it for the longest period of time. Orange County, California. Okay, we're talking about Laguna Beach, Newport Beach, all these areas down there. Most expensive, ritzy depreciation. Now, coastal stuff is not so much, but the stuff that's a little bit further in, definite depreciation. Bellevue, Washington, get this. I didn't know this. I learned this yesterday or the day before. There's been a 15% price drop in basically a year and a half of, of properties in and around Seattle, 15%. Now, I can keep going on and on and on, but what I'm asking you to do is consider the fact that nobody's going to tell you when the zombie apocalypse is around the corner except Julie and I. Otherwise, you'd be knowing about all these price drops, and you'd be, being, you'd be, pre- you'd be preparing yourself so as Julie and I go through this, I think what's resonating with all of you guys is some of you are realizing you're coming out of what was the greatest seller's market of our careers, and you know, I think that's definitely true. And you're now asking yourself why didn't you accumulate more net worth? Why haven't you been able to make yourself rich? And here's where I am doing my best with Jules and everything we write, everything we produce, everything we syndicate for you guys. I'm trying to make it so that you understand that the cards for you to become rich are not just stacked against you. They're not even cards. It's something else. The probability of you becoming rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for yourself is about, it's so small. It's single-digit likelihood. Why? It's all the reasons that Julie and I have been sharing with you on this series that we're doing. It's all the things that you have just taken, have just assumed would have to be the way you are, the way you live, the environment in which you are living, the town you live, the taxes you're paying, the thoughts, all these things that you need to really, one by one, and we're doing this our best we can, as we can on the podcast uh, with this series. I want you to go through those things, and I want you to think about what we're saying. And actually ask yourself, after you go through Listening to the series that we're doing, and it's, again, the the title of this podcast, and you can go back and listen to the first two shows, is Five Proven Steps to Become Rich and Stay Rich. You know, the first one and the second one, getting rich and staying rich, those are two separate uh, disciplines, muscles you'll have to build. But the moral of the story is I think what we're doing is we're shedding light on the fact that some of you had thought that the reason that you weren't rich or hadn't accumulated any net worth was something defective within yourselves. And I think a lot of you, based on your questions and some of the sort of informal coaching I've been doing on some of these calls, what you're you're now realizing is maybe it wasn't truly your fault. Maybe you did make the right moves. Maybe the cards, as I would said before, the tsunami maybe, was stacked against you. And in doing so, uh, now realizing that, you can start making adjustments. And it's kind of shocking because it's kind of hurtful because you're realizing some of the sacred cows you had in your own life were actually working against your ability to be financially free. So if this sounds a little bit too obtuse and sounds a little bit odd, go back and listen to the first two shows on this very topic, and we're going to pick up on show on segment three today. So without any further delay, Julie, my love, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you,
1: and it's always a pleasure. And I think you're right. There's all kinds of things that work against you, but there's only one answer, which is you have got to focus on your own business and your own profitability, and more listings is always the answer. So I just had to quickly slide in a little pitch for the book, Harris Rules, where we talk about things like the magic number and what to do when you realize these situations are working against you. The answer is not to hole up, freak out, and wait for the market to change or something else to change. It's to drill down. And understand your business and make it profitable so looking forward to continuing this series with you back to you
0: i have a question but i have a request for you first but before i do sure. though uh, i want you to tell the story that you told me this morning about what zoe said to you uh in your rover as you were driving her to school but before i get to that julie did say something this is really critical if you guys have not purchased our book harris rules um go to amazon and buy it i in most Barnes & Nobles, it's available. In most bookstores, it's available. But the easy button is just to buy it on Amazon. You can have it, like, tomorrow. It's called Harris Rules. It really is the perfect A to Z solution for building your, a profitable real estate business. Uh, I did an interview yesterday. You guys can listen to it, Todd Watkins. And he did a fantastic job. I so honest. I was so, I don't want to say proud because that sounds condescending, but I really was proud of his willingness to be honest about the futility of trying to build a team if your goal is to make profit. And he really did, from a very personal, almost emotional perspective, talk to you about the perils of doing it, talk to you about the lack of profitability in doing it. And then you have to ask yourself why you would do it. And a lot of the things that have been normalized in real estate nowadays the branding, the marketing, the buying of leads, the, you know, the teams, the expansion teams, all this shit is just so dumb assuming your goal is to make profit and to make it so that you're rich where sometimes your money works for you or where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. And in doing so, just to drill down that definition, the goal is to have enough passive income coming in every month to cover all your personal overhead. And when you do that, you are by that definition rich because the money that you would normally have had to work to get is coming in passively and we're going to shed light on how to do that hopefully on today's podcast or on uh, tomorrow's. So Julie has a wonderful story that I um, would love for her to share because it'll kind of, I think, you know, put a different light on the rest of this content. Go ahead, Julie.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, driving Zoe to school this morning and she's been back and forth with colds and being sick and things. So she's missed a lot of school. And I said, Zoe, I've got something I have to share with you. I've went and visited your ceramics teacher because you missed the final painting of your big project, and I wanted to make sure you were up to speed. And just in case she gets you out of class today, you know, you're not in trouble. She just wants to help you finish your project. And she said, oh, I totally forgot about the art show. That's the second thing I'm looking forward to this week. First thing being her big performance for her hip-hop class this Friday on a real stage in a real auditorium. And then she was quiet for a while, and she said, you know, Mama, I have the best Mama ever. I've got the best data, and Nana and Ollie, that's our little French bulldog. And then she was quiet again for a while. And she said, and I was so lucky to also have had time with Louis, our French bulldog who passed away about a year and a half ago. But she was talking about how lucky she is and how special it is to look forward to things. And she was just so enthusiastic and present I thought, wow, that's you know, that's an incredible gift I got from her on the way to school. And this is coming from a kid that's half sick on a gallon of Zyrtec at the crack of dawn, you know, coming up with this stuff. So, you know, if you want a dose of gratitude, just talk to a almost (laughs) six-year-old.
0: Or evidently, or or,
1: yeah,
0: it was. Or evidently, get drugged out (laughs) on Zyrtec.
1: (laughs) Mm. I hadn't considered that. Maybe that's what the trick was. But, you guys could uh, yeah. tell,
0: Julie, Julie, Julie has got whatever Zoe has, too. So uh, that's the little no. thing between the two of them. They're passing back their, back and forth their like plague. The All right, part two, why 99% of agents are blissfully broke. And I broke this down into, I think, four points. I'm going to just present these points, Julie. Actually, I broke it down to five points, okay? And if you, yep. feel, uh, if you feel overly challenged to go and vamp on any of these, just interrupt me, okay?
1: Sure, you got it.
0: All right, so I'm going to start with these questions, and I, I, I touched on this one the uh, last show, but this is a good place to start. So these are self-discovery questions, and the first question I wrote down is, why did you decide to become an agent, deep down why? Why? Uh, and here's the typical answers we hear. You wanted to not have a boss. Okay, you accomplished that because you're self-employed. You wanted to have control of your schedule. You had that as soon as you got your license. You decided to be a full-time agent or even really a part-time agent. Done. You wanted to own your own business. The romantic notion of the self-made man or woman appeals to you. Okay, you did that. So you've accomplished the big first three big goals that you set for yourself. But the one thing you did not accomplish was the fourth thing, the fourth reason why most of you decided that you wanted to be in real estate is you wanted to be rich. That's not done. So here's the thought for you. Why is it that obviously the first three things are easy to accomplish? The last one is hard to accomplish. So let's start with this second question I wrote down, and this will help you uh, have a mindset of profit. This is my goal. What is your product? Listeners, I'm asking you seriously, what is your product? What is the product that you produce as a real estate practitioner or as a broker? What is it? Define what it is. Having asked that question, I don't even know how many times, I'll tell you what the answers typically are. So you guys can you know, check these answers off your box, if, you know, off your list of things. Happy customers, sold houses, you know, maybe you're doing a lot of house flips, so you're going to say, that's my product. You're going to say all these mostly touchy-feely answers past clients. You're going to say all these things that are a little bit right, but not completely right. And here's the thing. If you are not clear about what your product is, you're never going to actually be rich because here's what your product truly is. If your goal is to be rich where your money works for you, no longer have to work for your money. Your product is profit. That's your product. Now, let me put this, let me frame this out for you. Okay? I told you guys a few days ago I had a call with an agent who was working as part of an expansion team. The profit on that expansion team, the, the owner of the expansion team, if you want to call it that, the broker, he was making $3 million a year in GCI, and his own personal take-home from all that GCI, from all of his overhead, was less than grand. Okay, So that's before taxes and his personal bills. So in all likelihood, he was probably making absolutely no money, if not losing money every year. I'll, go as, I'll suggest to you that that guy, you know, was Julie, mute when you're going to sound gross. Oh,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought I was muted.
0: Yes. So I would suggest to all of you that in that particular case, that guy was not uh, producing a product at all because he did not produce a profit. He was not producing profit in his business, which was ultimately what he was supposed to be producing. And that is something that all of you need to take into consideration, the litmus test of how good of a business model you're following and how good of a business person you are, remember I told you this, is the amount of profit that you produce. You are not a publicly traded company where you can go online and you know, go and talk about your revenue and then have huge losses. This is not what you are. You're a small business owner. So if you want to know how good you are of being a business owner, I just told you the answer. It's how much profit you produce. It's not how many houses you sell, guys. It's not how many widgets you produce. It's not how many team members you have. It's not how big your brand is. It's not how many Facebook posts or how many Instagram things and all this other, you know, bullshit. It's your profit margin. You actually can make more profit in this business as a, practic- as a, as a listing agent, frankly, uh, in many cases, by not having a staff, by doing fewer units. I know this is counterintuitive to the cult of production that is our industry. But you can actually have a higher profit margin, not just by percentage, but you can actually make more actual money, essentially focusing on just listings and not having a team. And I've given you, and you guys have heard from countless people on this podcast. So if you're listening to us for the first time, and you're already probably being beat over the head with all the bullshit about teams and branding and marketing and all this other stuff. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this is expensive. I have to borrow money. I have to get a business loan. I've heard all of this from you guys. Oh, I guess I'll have to forgo making profit for the first five years I'm in my business. It's stupid. Don't do any of that. Please. Seriously, guys, this is crazy. Stop the insanity of all of this. It does not end well for anybody. Listen to my interview with Todd Watkins yesterday. Like I said, he was very honest about it. Your product and your business is profit. And when you run your business correctly, especially as a, you know, a, 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 an agent who's focusing on listings, your profit margin should be at least 80%, minimum. Most of your profit margins are not even anywhere near that. Most brokers are running less than 2%, 1%, 2%. Most teams are running marginally more than that. Okay? Is that the thing? Is that the business model you're after? Not if your goal is to make profit. Now, if your goal is to feel self-important, if your goal is to have a bunch of awards because you sold more houses than the next guy and all the rest of that then yeah, follow that model. But if your model, if your goal, if your aim is to make it so that you're rich, someday your money works for you, you no know longer have to work for your money, I ask you, I beg you to choose wisely. Because if you follow the wrong path, and this path has been proven countless times to be the wrong path, but if you still choose to follow that path, you will stay, as the 99.9% of the agents out there, blissfully broke. Okay? So be very clear about that. With your profit, so once you produce your profit, with that profit, you then, and again, we're going to drill down on this, and we're also, I think it's in Chapter 11 of our book, Harris Rules, with that profit, you become debt-free, you buy investments to cover your personal overhead, thus you are no longer working for money and your money is working for you. And I'll tell you something very fascinating, most cases of uh, when I've had uh, coaching clients that have gotten to that point it does not take but maybe one or two years. The first thing is the acceptance of the fact that they're wasting gobs of money on ego bullshit. The second thing is they realize that in some cases in some of these brokerage models there, or even some of the – like the, the team thing is a bit of a cult right now. Social networking is a bit of a cult right now. It's, there's a group thing going on, and no one's actually stopping everyone and saying, why are we doing this? Is that we're, are we just doing this just so you know we can show up the awards banquet – and we can basically get an award for having sold 600 houses, even though at the end of the day, the person who sold, you know, 60 houses actually produced more net profit. They actually have more money than the person who sold 600. Guys, that's what's happened.
1: That's wouldn't what's that been be an interesting to award ceremony, Tim, if the award was for profitability?
0: when that changed? Yeah, change that's hilarious. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, but we that, would that would never happen. It
1: would never happen. We should, but, shouldn't we? Well, that's right. what it gets down to. I, I was, as you were talking, sorry to interrupt you, I was thinking about the treasure map. I was thinking about Harris Rules. The parts of those, the book and the, tre- you know, the business plan that agents resist are always their required yearly income, understanding you know, how many times we get asked the difference between even gross and net, and how do you do a profit and loss statement? They resist that, and they can't get to that part you're, th- you're talking about now, and the point of this podcast and this series is how to get rich and stay rich. You've got to really understand your current situation first. So if you're listening right now and you can't email or text me your profit and loss or what your actual gross versus net is, you've got some work to do. So I, that's what I was thinking of when you were talking about it.
0: And people choose to avoid it because thinking about money gives them stress. Yeah, people choose. Look, even at our level, when Julie and I have money conversations, we do feel that same pang of poor person stress because we were poor people when we got married thirty years ago. We had no money, none. (laughs) Okay, Uh, and yeah, so we we still feel that, and we and we use that to motivate us, even though we have accomplished our own goal by our own definition. All right, so we're going to move on here. By the way, Julie just gave me a perfect uh, launching point to talk about. Uh, a lot of you guys are looking to create your perfect business plan, and the easiest way for you to do that is just download and fill in the blanks on our real estate treasure map. This is not a touchy-feely, you know, motivational you know, Mickey Mouse business plan. This is a real business plan. As Julie said, it's going to go through the numbers. It's going to force you to think. If you have a spouse, partner, or whatnot, I strongly encourage you to do this with them, and it is cathartic. It will make you feel liberated because you'll finally have the money conversation out in the open, and everyone will then be looking at the facts. When you start looking at the facts, then you can start gearing your business towards paying off debt and becoming debt-free um, and then, you know, arguably, right now with mortgage rates like they are, maybe paying that off is not the move. But that's a different conversation. The moral of the story is, is then you can start your pathway to being rich. The first thing to do, though, is download the real estate treasure map. And the easiest way for you to do that, and we'll give it to you for free, is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to three one nine nine six. Just text the word Harris to 31996, and we'll text you back instantaneously a link to download the free books. You'll also be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches where they're going to help you get started on that real estate treasure map, okay? So we are backing up what we're saying with action. Please make sure you're doing the same thing. Text the word Harris to 31996. All right, so again, point number three, real quick, we've talked about it, is what is your definition of rich? And don't say happiness, don't say any emotional word. That is the proof that you aren't drilling down and you're just going with easy and trendy response. Your, the, your definition of rich isn't your feelings, isn't a feeling word, isn't any of those things. The definition of rich has to be financial. And when you make it financial, things, that's when you start having honest conversations with yourself. If you want to be happy, if you want to spend more time on your passions, here's the little secret. Make it so you no longer have to worry about money. Make it so that's no longer a concern. Get to that point as fast as you can. And that's what the Real Estate Treasure Map will get you started on. So here's point number four, question number four. Do you think selling real estate makes you rich? Do you think, listeners, that selling real estate makes you rich? A lot of people do. The answer is no. Selling real estate won't make you rich. Second, not-so-hard lesson is that everyone can be rich. It's not hard provided you focus on profit as your product, okay? Selling real estate will give you cash flow. Selling real estate will give you, uh, I mean, all kinds, kinds of other benefits. But the being rich is a different muscle you have to build. It's a different discipline that you have to build. Otherwise, you will just be transactionally rich. You'll have good month, good month, hopefully many, many good months, but you'll always be tied to transactions. You'll never have sufficient passive income to cover all of your personal overhead. And guys, that's what we want to teach you how to do as part of um, the real estate treasure map. So make sure you download that. Text the word Harris to uh, text the word Harris to three one nine nine six. Question number five: Ask yourself, this one's fun. Mm-hmm. If you had to choose between being rich and being famous, which would you choose? Isn't that a fun question? If you had to choose between rich and being famous, which would you choose? I already know the answer. I know what you guys will say because we've asked this question a million times publicly. At events and whatnot, everybody says, there'll always be a few people that get it right. But most everyone will say, I'll choose to be rich. Okay? They all say that. But then you ask what they're spending their money on and what they're doing with their time, and they're not doing the things necessary to make themselves rich. They're buying leads. They're doing branding. They're, doing, they're looking for easy button things. Part of the discipline of accepting uh, that your goal, your business you know, real purpose is to be rich to earn enough money where your money, you know, profit, so you're, you can invest that profit into things that create passive income. So your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. Okay. One of the things that's going to have, to, another thought that's going to have to take hold in your brain is that it's going to have to be a result of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And look what you're spending your money on. You're spending your money on things to make you feel good. You're spending your money on things to make you look good. You're spending your money on branding. You're spending your money in time, which is effectively, it's not the same thing, but it's pretty damn close. You're spending your time on Instagram and coaches to tell you how to take better pictures of yourself. Guys, that is not a business activity. That's something that teenage girls do. Okay? And you're spending all your time and your effort on this silly garbage that has nothing to do with being a real estate professional. It doesn't. Accept it, it's a fact. If I was wrong, which I'm not, if I was wrong, why aren't you rich? So the simple fact is, is you can, choose to be fam- you, can you choose to be famous based on your real work acti- activities. Uh, you choose uh, so actually, I remember a great quote it was Warren Buffett's partner that says this: "Don't try to make yourself famous. Make the work you do for others famous." So in other words, don't try to make yourself famous. Make the product you produce for other people famous. Charlie Munger said a version of that. I'm not sure I'm, I'm getting it directly 100% correct. But if you had a choice between calling 10 phizbos or doing 10 social media posts, which would you choose? Ask yourself that question. How many of you listening right now are actually saying I'd call 10 phizbos? Probably 10 of you. That's how many. But the reality of it is is all of you would choose the social media BS because it takes no skill and frankly, it makes you feel good, right? Isn't that what you're doing with your time? Those are not business activities. So do you track how many contacts you made and how many social media posts you do? If you did, you discover that you're spending way too much time on the silly stuff and not any time whatsoever on the actual work of real estate. And part three, and question number three, is where does your money go? And so ask yourself if you if, – if, hold on, where did I write? Is your desire to – for things to be easy, avoiding doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, greater than your desire to be rich and free. So here are the questions you have to ask yourself. I touched on most of these, most of these so I'll go through quick. Buying leads. You're a fool to buy leads. If you're choosing to never be independent, you're choosing – to always be essentially a slave to somebody else who's selling you leads. Look how Zillow just changed the game for leads. How many little teams and brokers are total toast now because all they know how to do is buy leads from Zillow? Zillow now, as some of you guys know, and we're going to do a show on this, is essentially ditching their uh, premier agent program, and they're making it so that they're going to sell leads to fewer agents, and those agents are going to have to pay them a 35% referral fee. I want you guys really think about that? In marketplaces where you're already on a 5% commission, and then someone's taking another, uh, you know, essentially a third of the five, and let's say you're a listing agent, you're splitting at two and a half, let's just say, and now all of a sudden you have to pay a referral fee, you're going to be working before you cover any of your business and personal expenses for what amounts to a point and a half. Be, because you guys have never developed your own ability to be proactive lead generators, and you've, you're so addicted to buying leads, you're, you don't have a choice, and you think they're going to stop at 35%. You're going to just keep on saying yes and yes and yes, and you're never going to stop to realize that you're making no profit. You're just going to say, well, shit, I have six closings this month. I must be doing good. Oh, and guess what? The cash flow comes in. You get your bills paid. There's no savings. Maybe you pay your taxes. Maybe you pay off you know, the credit card. Maybe you don't. And then the month happens after that, and the month happens after that. And then what happens is you have two or three slow months, and then the debt accumulates. You guys are in this pattern, aren't you? You know what I'm talking about. This is the lifestyle that you've accepted for yourself because you've never taken the responsibility of learning how to be a proactive lead generator. This is one of the things we talk about in the real estate treasure map. We give you the ground, the framework to actually start – learning how to be a proactive lead generator where you don't have to buy leads. Okay? So moving forward, um, are you doing ego advertising? Any advertising is basically ego advertising. Now, at some point in your business, like I got Rob Johnson, number one agent in Greenwich, Connecticut, $130 million this year, um, number one agent for his company in New York City. I want him to do some ego advertising because I want him to claim the mantle of being the number one agent because he's earned it. That was the stated goal that Rob and I had when we started a coaching relationship four or five years ago. We have accomplished it. Okay, it's a really kick-ass thing. But also, I want the millionaire, or I'm sorry, the 10 million and up sellers in his market to recognize the fact that he actually has accomplished that goal. Because I know that'll generate listings for him in that market. Because he's got he. But how did he do it? He earned it. He's not spending money on ego advertising, not having anything to back it up. He sold 130 million or 140 million in real estate this year. That's what he's talking about, something he's actually done. You guys see the difference? So are you believing in gurus who are only trying to sell you things that we, uh, that will be easy, that you can buy because they require no rejection and skill? Are you worrying about how you place on lists? How many of you are looking at lists to see where you are in terms of units and production? Are you focused on social media? Are you, are you really addicted to attending lots of motivational live events? Are you not knowing that there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead? That's an interesting thought. I'm going to go back to it in a second. Are you essentially, as an agent, are you essentially paying way too much to your broker, thus reducing your already marginal profit to virtually nothing? Are you living in a state – this is a thought I wrote down – are you living in a state where half your income goes to taxes? between state income taxes, federal income taxes, the miscellaneous taxes to go to owning property, how much money you actually have the ability to make. And this goes back to you know, what I was, the point I was trying to make earlier. You know, Julie and I sold real estate in Columbus, Ohio. When we sold real estate, in our first year in business, we sold 100 houses, and we always sold between 100 and 200 every year after that. Okay? Fact. So here's the fascinating thing. In Columbus, in Ohio, you had a state tax. Of course, you had a federal tax. And then every city that you sold a house in, which was typically for us like 15 different cities, if you sold a house in any of those uh, taxes, you had to pay a RITA tax, Regional Income Tax Authority. So that means we are filing tax returns for all these little adjacent cities around the city in which we actually lived. And that happened every stinking year. And then there was the property tax. And there was the, you know, you add it up, you add it up. And in in Ohio, when we were selling real estate, when you added up how much we were actually paying, we were actually paying over 50%. And we did have a good accountant in taxes. And some of you are paying far more. If you're in California now, you can't – or New York City – you can't write off your state taxes against your federal taxes. So you're losing tens of thousands a year in an deduction you had uh, in the previous tax year. Have you stopped to actually think about how much money you're paying in taxes, or are you just it as something that you have to do? This is just the normal, you know, the normal way of things go about. Okay? I want you to think about that because this is another major destroyer of your potential to build wealth. is choosing where you live, choosing essentially a lot of the decisions you make with regards to the type of house you live in, lifestyle creep, and all these types of things. If your goal is to be financially free, it's time for you to have those hard conversations with yourself. I'm going to go back to that little point I made. So there is a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead, and what does that mean? A lot of you, and I, again, I experience this every day on coaching calls, are so – Uh, essentially invested in a a business model it might be your brokerage a lot of times it's brokers they have these business brokers they have their brands they have their offices they have their agents they have their you know maybe your second or third generation you feel like you're an you know essentially a pillar of the community you've sponsored the little league team every year you take tremendous pride in essentially the idea that you own a business that's a real estate brokerage right but all the while you know you're not making any money your brokerage with maybe 30, 40, 50, 100 agents – and this goes for teams too, by the way – your brokerage isn't making any money. And if you stopped selling yourself, you wouldn't be – the brokerage would go out of business. You know that – so say you have 100 agents. You know there's only 15 that are keeping the lights on that are actually producing anything. But you know also your tax – your uh, errors and emissions insurance is going up. You know the commissions are – all these types of things are causing downward uh, essentially profit and you don't know what to do, but you still struggle. You still think, well, what the hell else am I going to do? You're still doing the same thing over and over again, thinking that somehow things are going to get better. I'll just sell more houses is the typical answer. I'll increase my sale price is the typical answer. Guys, listen, you're probably stuck in a business model that just can't work. It can't work for anybody. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fantastic. You're just stuck in a shitty business model. That's it. So there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. The quitting while you're ahead part is quitting now before the economy in your market really takes a nosedive or the housing market really slows down. Or you have a palace revolt and some of your agents leave, and especially the top ones leave, and you're left without any real cash flow at all, um, and now you're really having to subsidize your own business. You know these are thoughts that you've been having for yourself, but you just don't know how to gracefully leave the business because you are so mired in your own thoughts about, oh my gosh, what will other people think of me? They'll think I was a failure. They'll think I did something wrong. They'll think these thoughts are the things that are going to keep you broke forever and make you miserable. So what I want you to do, if you're one of these agents or brokers that are stuck in this paradigm, I want to help you. I want you to text me, and I'll give you – let's have a a free coaching call, right? Just you and me. But I don't – look, it has to be with someone who fits those parameters because I need to help you guys realize – that there is a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. And there are ways for you to gracefully exit the situation you're in. The unprofitable business model that maybe ten years ago or twenty years ago made sense and it doesn't make sense now. And you want to figure out how to get rid of the business or how to essentially have the brand still have the brokerage. Be able to not let down maybe your third generation broker and your family has been on this you know, been in this business forever and <laughs> you don't want to feel like you're the one that let the the, the generations down. I have a way, I have a plan. I can tell you how to accomplish that goal. And at the same time, you can start basically building your own net worth for the first time probably ever. I want you to text me at 512-758-0206. Text me at 512-758-0206. All right, tomorrow we are going to talk about – yep, tomorrow is the last part, and we're going to talk about wealth building core spokes. That's where we're going to start talking specifically about where do you invest your money, um, I did a bunch of research on this um, into different index funds. Um, so get ready to take notes tomorrow. I think that's going to be essentially what a lot of you have been looking for as far as – now, Julie and I are not financial advisors and all that. Disclosure, disclosure. We'll do all that tomorrow. But what this is supposed to do is essentially plant the seeds in your brain for you to start being responsible for your own financial future. And when you realize that you know, after you complete your real estate treasure map – and Julie and I do our own once a year, by the way – When you do that experience and you look face-to-face with your numbers, you actually are allowing yourself to be introspective about maybe some of the thoughts, some of the things you've been doing, and now you're saying to yourself, you know what, that doesn't work. I look at the, the profit and loss on this postcard campaign or on this social networking campaign or on my team or whatever it is. I need to accept the fact that this is not making me any profit, and it probably will never make me any profit, and I need to stop doing it. And you need to be okay with that decision because that's being smart. And once you start making those decisions to cut the the profit-killing things in your business, then what's going to happen is you're going to start feeling fantastic because you know you'll be on your way to building profit. With that profit, you reinvest it in things that produce passive income so that one day you'll be rich where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Ultimately, guys, isn't that the reason freedom, libertas? Isn't that the reason you got into real estate in the, first, in the first place? Isn't that what you truly want? You want to wake up in the morning, go to bed at night, knowing that you have enough money coming in to pay all your bills? How would you feel? Have you even allowed yourself the emotional experience of meditating with what it would feel like to have accomplished that? Have you thought about that? Have you even – I know you don't know anybody that's done it. Don't, don't say that. okay? But have you actually ruminated in the whole you know, idea of being rich? It's amazing. You need to do it. And you will be, some of you, who are so tightly wound because of your finances, when you just allow a tiny, tiny microsecond of that sense of freedom into your heart, you're going to feel un believable and that is going to be the driving force in every decision you make going forward. That's what I hope all of you guys allow yourselves to experience, and you get out of these treadmills, and you break free of these sort of cults of bad information about no profit, and you move forward. And you then spend more time with the things that matter to you. You know, your God. You spend more time with your family. You spend more time with things that are of interest to you, things that you thought would be of interest to you, but you've never had, quote-unquote, the time to pursue them. It's time now, guys. That's what you need to do because on the other side of that, you are going to feel free. Isn't that the reason you got into real estate? I think it is. So if you're one of these troubled brokers or own a team and you're looking for a graceful exit, you're looking for a way to start building maximum profit in your business, please just text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to... This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.